This is a detail podcast. Welcome to the Umbrella Corporation, the largest commercial entity in the United States. Please disregard the alarms. This is only a drill. If you are in the laboratory, prepare to hold your breath as the room fills with water. Do not panic if your room fills with gas. This is non-toxic, non-lethal, and it's for your protection. If you are on an elevator, please hold on to the safety rails because you could feel a slight drop. Do not attempt to exit the elevator until help arrives as this may lead to decapitation. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. Today, we're talking about Resident Evil, the movie. Hello and welcome to Drinkin' and Geek Out, a show where we drink beer and geek out. I'm your host, Dustin the Claire. Alongside me is uh, Leon Saf, along with Keith, uh, that's not feeling very well. And with me is <laughs> the Nemesis Pale. <laughs> oh my God, I'm the big baddie. Today's episode is featuring beer from Dot and Line Brewing. And Taya's River? Tay's River. Tay's. Tay's River? We asked them, remember? Yes, Tay's. I know. I... And we were at the, the thing, and we asked them, mm-hmm. and the people there serving the beer told us one thing, and then I jokingly said something at the brewery, and they told me something different. <laughs> I remember. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Tay's it is. Tay's River. Sounds like they're more like a tease. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're talking about llama dongs, so yeah, they might be a tease. Llama ding dongs. Uh. As Keith said, we were talking about 2002's Resident Evil, the movie. Old school. The original movie. I think it's been remade like twice since then. (laughs) 20th anniversary, this is why we have picked... Yes, the movie to talk about. 20th anniversary of Plus, we're in March, which is Women's Month, and it's a women-led action movie. I thought that's why you picked this as well. He just likes it's Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez and Mila Djokovic. Yeah, or Mila Kunis, but she's not in the film. <laughs> <laughs> Mila W.S. Anderson. <laughs> All right. Uh, already tapering downhill. Oh, yeah. Real quick. All right. So the beer that we have in front of us is the Trauma Llama Double Ding Dong Hazy IPA. I said double. I don't know why I said double. Uh, I was kind of hoping it was a double IPA, maybe. But I just saw a double ding dong. And I was thinking like a uh, alliteration, right? Mm-hmm. I was just throwing words in there to make it um, triple D. Triple D. Making it fun. I I literally stopped there because I couldn't think of any other D words to add to this to not sound stupid, but also make it an alliteration. Double ding dong day. Double ding dong day. <laughs> there we go. It's a hazy IPA. Does it say anything? Uh, yes, it does. Hazy IPA features big pineapple and melon hop notes while delivering low bitterness and a fluffy mouthfeel. So pineapple. I was looking for the pineapple. Uh, this is 6.1% ABV and 16 IBUs, very low. And we get to use 16-bit as our geek reference, which most of our video game favorites are in 16-bits. 
Fortunately, Resident Evil is more advanced than that. Yes. Yeah, it was on the PlayStation 1, so it was pretty close. The, the can actually says what you read, but it goes on to say, while we definitely make no claim that this beer has any medicinal properties whatsoever, we can say that it is certainly capable of raising your spirits, something that our llama friend could use right about now. And why is that? Because he's all strapped up in... Uh, he's in some sort of hospital bed, got a broken arm, a broken leg, and he's wearing an eye patch. He's got multiple contusions in his arm. You can see the x-ray in the background. My, so much trauma. Uh, yeah, he looks, <laughs> the the face he's making with the, the almost like the explicitives, but it's also kind of looks like fear sensing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I like don't know sweat. if he's in pain or fearful or yelling. But he's got that, himself a nice little bear, stuffed bear next to him. And a balloon. Just kind of creepy. Looking up. Reminded me of Alice, or Mila Jojovich's character at the end of the movie when she's like in that room, kind of strapped up. Yeah. She's got all those devices on mm-hmm. her, and he's, he has a little bit more clothes on than she did. He, he has clothes poncho. on. Poncho. He, he has a poncho. Yeah. <laughs> well, she had, uh, we'll get into that later, um, and <laughs> he's got... Uh, yeah, it's got a nice blue background that kind of transitions to pink as you yeah. turn the can, which I like. Yeah, nice little ombre right there. Cotton oh, candy cool. is what it reminds me of. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a cool cartoony looking can. Yeah. Uh, the color is really nice on the eyes. The Trauma Llama Ding Dong uh, Hazy IPA all's in different colors is oh, the yeah. header. Uh, and so it matches pretty much all the colors that you would see on the can from the llama perspective. Uh, but it's really nice on the eyes, too. And um, I guess they named it this way because it has a nice ring to it. Uh, Trauma Lava Ding Dong. Almost like the um, kids thing that they say, you know, the, to say a bunch of words rhyming to, you know, I don't know what they say, would say it for. But Trauma Lava Ding Dong or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, just Yeah. Baba Laba Ding Dong Bing Bang Boom or something. Yeah. yeah. A little Richard, I think, song. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Tutti Fruity. Oh Rudy. Yes. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I also like the heart monitor on the right side that's not even hooked up. But doing yeah, right. them at all. You can still see the, the heart beat. Yeah. And it's got like a drip um whatever, morphine drip, but that's not, not plugged into him either. Not. <laughs> so I think he's recovering really well. Does have he some might get pretty, to go home soon. Pretty sweet pink undies <laughs> on too, or pink shorts, whatever those are. Yeah, maybe some boy shorts. Uh, for the beer, we have a nice, like a light yellowish golden color. Very kind of creamy looking. Yeah, it is. Yeah, pretty creamy. Typical, pretty hazy. Yep. I think mine's a little. More on the white side than Dustin's because I tend to roll mine around more than he does to Correct. get a lot of that that shit that's floating around in the can. I always forget. I just meme it now. I just don't do it for the posterity. I'm looking at maybe a scorpion. That's exactly what I looked at. Like when I opened it up, I was gonna flip over to the more color section to kind of see. Um, C3PO is very interesting on that, but I think this is darker but not redder. Yeah. Um, so it's really hard to tell. I think Captain Falcon would be like the next best on the uh, new color nominees. But if we're sticking to the OGs, I think, uh, get over here. 
is a way yeah. to go. Video game themed, so. Yeah. Maybe the llama, and, he and, fought Scorpion. Oh, and another connection, Paul W.S. Anderson, the director of this movie, directed the Mortal Kombat movie uh, from 1994 uh, or 5. Very nice. <laughs> Good looking. Perfect. Nice little tie-in there. Um, how does it smell to you? Um, it smells um, smells juicy, but not quite as distinct as last week's beer. Last week's beer, if you guys mm-hmm. remember, was uh, tangerine and melon. This one is just big pineapple. I'm not sure what mango. that means. And mango. Uh, pineapple and me- melon. Man- no, sorry, this one, mango in the last yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Reverse this. Yeah. Tangerine. Mango, mel- yeah, this one's melon and pineapple, which I, e- I'm it's getting really the hints of melon on right. this one. I can't smell the pineapple, which is weird. I'm hoping to be able to taste it. I just, I just don't smell it. Uh, out of the can? Probably oh, hoppy. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very hoppy out of the can. Yeah, totally. Um, and then a little bit of a little bit of tartiness on the nose. Probably from the pineapple. Like if you've ever cracked open a like canned pineapple, mm, right? You have that smell, uh, which probably is the same thing, right? Aluminum plus the can. Also, that was milky as I poured the rest of this yeah, can in there. That's, that's that stuff that I got. Holy smokes! <laughs> I literally just like into like into my clutch. Oh. That'll change the color and the flavor. Yeah, let me let me smell this thing now. <laughs> Not much has changed. Extra yeah. surprise at the don't, end. Yeah, yeah. Just I don't really get the hints of the hops or anything. Mostly just like a little bit of melon. Right. Yeah. But it's th- hard to shake. I filled up this glass way too full. Yeah. I mean, same. But I did smell the can. Smell can still smells very hoppy, which is yeah. which is good. That's where the hops really lie. Yeah. Let's see if we can at least taste it. Right. Hopefully. Creamy goodness. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Really is very smooth. Uh, definitely, definitely get. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say, definitely get that melon flavor that I'm getting from the nose. Mm-hmm. Little hints of pineapple, but not um, really coming through. Mm-hmm. I would reverse those two in the description. Yeah, big pineapple, big no. I do not agree with you at all. If if I didn't read pineapple, period, I do not think I would have been able to detect it. Mm-mm. It's really something I have to go searching for. Yeah, I would have thought something more tropical fruit. Mm-hmm. Plus Which melon. pineapple technically is. Right, but. it is. It is. But I wouldn't have been like... I wouldn't pinpointed that. Exactly. I wouldn't have been like, ah, oh, this is a great pineapple beer. I would have been like, there's something tropically about this plus mm-hmm. melon, right? And and I think you would have agreed and uh, we'd have moved on, moved along. But now we have to see and criticize it because we can't really tell the pineapple flavor. But it's definitely hazy. Definitely, especially since I added the rest of the can, it's definitely yeah. creamier. That's why I like to try to... Mm-hmm. shake it up before I pour just so I get the I try to get what you're going to get out of tap from my yeah. can the uh, post drink little burp if you will is everything that Keith hates in an IPA right there <laughs> oh, West uh, it Coasty was, yeah it was hop forward it, yeah it's very burp. yeah it's very hop forward burp there uh, very disgusting for me to describe it like that but like i I feel that bitterness hoppiness um just fresh in my mouth now would that be that extra drip you put in at the end probably it's right on top of the glass yeah Yeah. (laughs) i would say the 16 ibus feels like it's a little bit 
more bitter than the 30 IBUs yeah. we had on the Sun King beer. Right. But just maybe it's just the flavor profile. It allows the it could, bitterness to come through more. It, mm-hmm. but it could be. It's not bad. I, I do enjoy it, the, yeah. like that little hint of bitterness. The thing with this one is it's very smooth and it's there's no bite to it. Mm-hmm. You you have the flavor of what you anticipate a bite would be, but when you're drinking, you're like you're not thinking. Oh, that's hoppy. Oh, that's yeah. Um, so I think that definitely creamy, definitely melony. Melon E? Is that a word? <laughs> melon I know a melon <laughs> I, I know a couple melon as well. Yeah, and there, it's like not too carbonated where it's like yeah. you feel the bubbles in it at all. It just goes yeah. very smooth. Right. I think I'd put this up there close to a nugget. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I could say that. Yeah. I was going to say it's kind of like a doodle crew almost. I could see yeah. it, mm. it coming in one of those cans. Oh, yeah. The doodle crew definitely did do a pineapple. And this kind of did taste like the, like mm-hmm. those, right? Those are a little bit more pineapple forward. But I, I totally can see what you're talking about there. Definitely a type of beer that I very much enjoy. Yeah. Oh, I 100% would drink more of these. 100%. 100%. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would definitely have more of this. I picked it up based on the can and the name, and I was not disappointed with the beer that came out of it. Nice. Uh, uh, Untapped? Yeah, the Untapped machine coming in at total 363 check-ins and 270 rankings with an average of 4.00. A four average even. A perfect four, wow. Solid. Solid as a rock. I had one friend who is currently drinking this, so I will shut my mouth. Um, when looking through pale, I don't know if you have that up or not, but there's a couple of them that jumped out to me. Um, yeah, there was one good one that you want to read it, the Brian L. Oh, go ahead. I was going to read the bad one. Oh, I'll read the good one, and then you can read the bad one. Go ahead. Brian L. said, nice tropical flavors with a creamy, smooth mouthfeel. It definitely has more bitterness than the untapped 16 IBU rating would suggest. Exactly. But it's not overly bitter. <laughs> uh, he gave it a four and a half. Nice. Um, I The reason why I wanted to read the bad one, because uh, this SOB hmm? brings, uh, brings my name to shame, because Keith D., Oh. Here said not good and gave it a point five, and this was February twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. This was not long ago. Um, well, he yeah. okay. So if you click on his profile, he's checked in sixteen beers. He's probably <laughs> G. Yeah, he he's got a ton at point two five, and a ton at five. He or sorry, one ranking is five, one is point five. So yeah, he's got garbage. I wonder if his last name is not just D, it's Dillhole. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was going to say dickhead. If you look yeah. at his number five top-rated beer, a raspberry sour crush, a sour-fruited ale. Okay. This makes, makes sense. sense. So that explains everything. That's like if we were rating sour beers. Yeah. He gave probably be he rated a bunch of stouts. He goes, no, no, <laughs> so, no. Yep, no. He didn't rank them. I'm like, oh. All right, Keith D., if you're listening to the show, make sure you follow us on Untapped. If you're not listening to the show, fuck you, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) 
Also follow us on Spotify, uh, Amazon, Stitcher, Apple Music, or and, Apple Podcasts. <laughs> and Instagram and Twitter. And Facebook, I guess. You sound like a Facebook person. You fucking boomer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like his one rating down below. It's, it just says, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Ugh. It's fucking Chad. there's a couple chat energies a couple of fives in here nobody said anything they just gave it a five it looks like this was just at winterfest yeah Um, there's a a lot of winterfest chickens i went to the taze river official website and it does say 16 ibus on there as well so it's not just an untapped misprint i'm having a lot of burn though like it, it. I would say it's bitter, more bitter than that. In, yeah. In if if I had to, if I had to guess, and we like reclassified, I probably would put this at like thirty-five to forty, more <laughs> so than say, the sixteen. I was just say thirty-two bit, just to, yeah. <laughs> to make it up to the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm all checked in. If you guys are, I've already. Yeah, I can just read my old check in because I'm not changing it. Um, I said, as I pull it up, it's hard to dislike this one. It's nice and juicy, but just a little bit more bitter than I would prefer. And I gave it a 4.25. It's definitely delicious. I like the melon flavor. I wish the pineapple was a little more heavy in there and they could dial back the bitterness. But overall, it definitely goes in the category with those doodle crew beers, as Mm -hmm. I said. And I would drink this any day of the week. Absolutely. I had this queued up as a four and a half. Um, and then after sitting here a little bit drinking this, I knocked it down a quarter. I said, as I read my post and burp up the hops, <laughs> had 4.5 queued up, but after, uh, but the after is kind of lingering too long. The flavor is great. Love the melon. So yeah. I'm, I'm having like, my mouth is, it's not on fire per se, but it's just like this taste that just won't go away. Yeah, those hops just sit on your tongue a little right. too long. And I'm not opposed to that, clearly. Of the four of us, I'm the one that's more likely to drink the West Coast styles. Uh, but I'm not expecting that from this. Like this, mm-hmm. this says New England style. This is hazy. This Give me something juicy. Give me something that's that'll go down like like pamper me like the the guy who can't stomach ipas but loves orange <laughs> juice yeah like that's what i'm expecting with this and like overall the flavor is great i still gave it a four and a quarter it's just yeah it's just there's just like something wrong with that that taste like if i drank yeah. if i drank a west coast and i still had it lingering i knew what i got myself into yeah, the thing that knocks it down is classifying it as a 16 IBUs. Yeah, it, yeah. It, sh- it should clearly be higher than that. Yeah, absolutely. If this was marked at 45, then I'd be like, yep, yeah, I, I can get over okay, this. I can get over that, this. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's a four and a half. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's a four <laughs> and a half. Because I'm expecting it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. I think it's up for your guys' turn. Ooh. Pale, you want to lead us off this time? Sure. What are we drinking? He's too busy texting. No, I'm I'm doing research, and I'm pretty sure I found that a different Keith drank your beer, and is also drank the beer we're drinking right now. So oh, nice! I'm like mind fuck right now. <laughs> You're down the wormhole. 
Yeah, Keithception. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening today. These <laughs> Keiths are on fire. All right, go ahead, Pale. Sorry. Keith and I are drinking Dot and Lines Cinnamon Candied Pecan Stout. Coming in at say that five times fast. <laughs> what was that? Pin- cinnamon, cinnamon pecan? candied pecan stout. Oh, cinnamon candied pecan stout. Cinnamon candied pecan stout. <laughs> I'm just trying to look it up on Untapped. There's just so many words you said right there. Just click the link. Oh yeah, I could do that, but I don't have it up. I do everything from memory. Nine point six percent ABV. IBUs are not available. You can play the game. You didn't do it last week, but you can play the game. You can play the game, Keith. Uh, But it's a stout, so probably not. Yeah. Oh, it's a 10. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Stout, so pretty much the name stout with candied pecans and cinnamon. There is no write-up on the can, I don't believe. No, the, if if anything, the only thing you would no. see that you've already read is what's on Untapped, sat yep. with candy pecans and cinnamon. Besides the hops that are used, the grains, the yeast, and all that kind of stuff, he does list that on the can. I think that's cool. He's like that's one of nice. the few that puts the hops and the grain and the yeast, yeah. on the label. Yeah, they have that nice little section off to the side. It's clean. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yes. I love it. Very too. clean. You yeah. can tell they're like a printing company that like. Uh, aesthetics like that matter to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look- authenticity, really, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And looking at the can, um, yeah, we we see like the little. It's like a smiling beer. It, it's a smiling mm-hmm. beer. It's got a nice little smile, smiley face in there. It's got the cinnamon candied pecan stout. And I think you guys have it's- had the cinnamon candied pecans before. I know here in Fort Wayne, we go to Comets games and somebody's always got those cinnamon yes. candied pecans and that oh, smell. And it's like, oh, I just want to eat these things. And they're sort of like Red Fest or the Three Rivers Fest. Yeah. Any carnival they, festival. Anything like, yeah. Is there anything like the, the German roasted almonds? Something like, like that. that. Yeah. It's along those lines. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like in Glen- Glenbrook Mall used to have that store. Yes. In that yes. I think H and M is there now or something. Uh, yeah. Apple Orchard. Was... Is that what you're talking about? Yes. yes. Where you yes. can walk through in the Johnny Appleseed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. And it smelled like the smells. Like, exactly I remember right. walking through there. The smells <laughs> of that place, man. Sense memory with that is so strong. Oh. Yeah. Doesn't there be, used to be like a restaurant like in that corner? Don Hall's. As... Yep. Don Hall's yeah. had yeah. the Johnny Appleseed restaurant. I forget what it was called, but it was yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, I saw it was a picture of it, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. I don't I, remember. I remember seeing a picture. There was like a this day in history uh, that somebody like retweeted from either the newspaper or you know some kind of whatever. Not retweeted, but like reposted on Facebook or something, uh, where they showed like you remember this and like showed like that yeah. restaurant. Uh, and it's essentially it was like the the white. Uh, pillars and like yep. the like the, the white the fencing fence. and yeah. you could eat oh, out right. there on the patio yeah and you could and watch the people walking yeah. by yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i've always wanted to do that like i did once with my grandma good times <laughs> <laughs> people watching was like legit <laughs> oh, take me back but i but i now know that smell you're talking about yep it's a good smell it's a very good smell that's also super excited to pick this one up when i found it when they released it 
but yeah, nice aesthetics on the can. Everything's great. Speaking of smells, what do you got, Pale? Because my nose is starting to stuff up. Well, I'm kind of there too. I'm a little sniffly. So literally, do you guys like? Is it not cutting for you? Like I figured, the cinnamon would cut. The no- <sighs> I get like cinnamon the on the nose. The cinnamon? Yeah, sure. I think I do get the cinnamon. Uh, pecan, it's it's awfully light with the hard, pecan. Uh, yeah, it's hard to pick that up. It is not registering the smell, memories, and the sweetness <laughs> of it. So it's like maybe they brewed it with it, but maybe not enough. There's hints there, but you can definitely smell it's a stout. You can smell the heaviness behind it. As this is what nine point six. You can definitely smell some kind of roasty, nutty flavor in here, but really the the cinnamon is more very powerful. Yeah, cinnamon for sure. Roasty, nutty kind of is a stout. Yep. Anyways, like that scent. Mm -hmm. And lately, I've discovered that I fucking love cinnamon beers. Mm. Like I can't get over it. like it like the Katrina that we had from Scarlet yes, Lane that was so good, and then I thought I think I had a cinnamon beer at Summit City a little bit ago. I thought that was pretty pretty good. Yeah, there's one we talked about a few weeks ago because I remember you bringing up Katrina. So there was another one in yeah. between. Yeah, because I'm always gonna go back to that one. <laughs> that one was really good. sticks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about this one, Pale. It's very bitter. I was expecting yeah, sweeter. I'm getting a burn. Like a burn on the back end. Yeah, there's a little bit of burn. It is a high ABV. Yeah. Yeah. Well, pretty. it's almost 10, so yeah. It's, uh, yeah, not what I was expecting. It's like, I don't know, it's kind of a struggle to get the cinnamon and the pecan, like, up front. I mean, I mean it, I think- it's there, but you got to... Yeah, you got to do a lot of like, <laughs> like sipping and a lot of just put it in your mind around. and trick your mind into tasting it. I guess, <laughs> like grapefruit pale. Are you getting a little grapefruit in there? <laughs> I do now that you mention it. <laughs> There's like some chocolatiness to it. Not mm. or coffee. Like I'm trying to go off of just the stout. I think I mean, like the flavors coming. You through. get that like roastiness. End. Yeah, like the maybe a roasty coffeeness at the end. If there, but, yeah. Like a burnt, it just kind of come chocolate. across more as like a burnt, burnt, burnt uh, flavor. There's definitely going roasted. Definitely something there up front, but it's just hard to hard to get it. Yeah, I mean, without it, going too far into the untapped thing right now because we're not there yet. But I, I am seeing at least one of the comments just agrees with Keith. Lots of cinnamon, expected more sweet, but good. I don't know about the but good part, but yeah. they, this person expected more sweet. Because when you eat that candy, or it's not even yeah. mm-hmm. candy. I mean, it's candied pecans. But you just eat that whole bag, and that sweetness lingers throughout. But yeah, I'm not. Ex- there's there's not much. It's like he attempted to put some in, but you didn't put in it enough for it to really stick. Because usually with these stouts, when they're super sweet, you can feel it, you know, on your lips and the after effect. Yeah, and the stickiness that sticks behind. I'm not getting it with this. It, it get more of the bitterness. Like this is a high ABV stout, which is, I'm not complaining, uh, <laughs> but it's you not what I was expecting, and yeah. that I don't like. Because if I'm seeing cinnamon candied pecan stout, cinnamon, yes, you're punching me in the face with that. 
<laughs> candied pecan. No, I'm not getting that sweetness. Didn't we have this on a uh, flight, Keith? Yes, this is why uh, we picked it up. I think you and I split this one. And I we think, tried it I there. Think, we didn't check it in, but I vaguely remember it being a little more like pecan heavy. Yeah, I wonder if on tap or yeah on draft it came through a little bit more than it could be the cans. But now it's kind of like a little bit flat coming it's from not the can. Terribly old. Better, better, fresher. Yeah, it can't be like like any more than like. Three but months. just like the trans transferring it from, from a keg to keg then to, can. to a can, yeah. it right. kind of it does. I, I'm a, I know from experience when we brewed our beer that. It does change the flavor every time you move it from a different vessel. Yeah. All right. What All is right. the untapped? You can help us out here. Perfect. All right. We have <laughs> 92 check-ins. Oh, not very many. 88 of them are unique. And of those, 81 ratings, giving it a 373. Not horrible. That's yeah, pretty I low have though. zero friends checked this one in. It is pretty Same. low for a stout. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, saying. It really Same. is. Yeah, with 81 ratings, I would like, we expect to see like a four or higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the lower sample size usually favors stouts uh, mm-hmm. because the, most people that order them are the ones that like them. That, yeah, the people that like like them are going to, yep. but maybe it's you're getting random people that are just like, oh, that's that sounds good, not realizing. Or we have 81 Keiths who said... Yeah, <laughs> this doesn't quite hit the flavor yeah. mark. Where I, where's the pe- cinnamon pecan? I gotta find right. this other Keith. Right. <laughs> uh, Bethany gave it a four. She said, "Spot on, well done." Uh, I've read a couple like of these, and kind of every every sentiment that we've had so far has been like the same, and they've given it like three fifty, three seventy fives. Um, so I'm just skipping them. Some of these, I don't know what FLN means. I got Ronald. Ronald R says, perfectly sweet, refreshing, 4.25. Susan P. Anthony says, good, but pecan just isn't for me. And she gave it a three, which is it's just expectable. She likes stouts, but doesn't like pecans. Like, I get that. But she went into it not expecting to like it. Uh, Kevin R said, wish I could taste the pecans. He gave it a three and a half. Yeah, that seems to yeah, be there the we consensus go. here. Yeah. I got... A.A. Ron, very smooth, light cinnamon notes, dangerous with the 10%. I was Uh, like, are you reading Aaron Rodgers posters and Aaron (laughs) Rodgers right here? But he didn't say anything. Of course, he's not going to say anything. It's in the (laughs) offseason. No, this guy is actually A-A-Ron. Ron. (laughs) That's why I read it like that. Unless it's a Tuesday, then he'll talk to Pat McAfee. But other than that, that's fine. Uh, Stout B is drinking this. He didn't do much but he did say ain't no holla back girl three and a half keith did your other keith have a white socks logo as his picture he had yeah it was like an s on there i looked him up he's yeah. he was on the landing uh in one of his pictures so he's must be fort wayne he went down to Winterfest. um so yeah um, he must be a fort wayne guy so keith yeah, i just got to his check-in assemble you gotta, you give it a th- i gotta find three and a half adam as your f- friend yeah, if you're not part of your Keith friend Facebook group, you need to do it. I'm part of a Dustin <laughs> Facebook group. It's awesome. Like we just befriend each other. There's so many Dustins in this group. It's so cool. Uh, yeah, I think I'm running low on check-ins right now, at least with comments. Sean L says yummy and gave it a four. Uh, Brett F says fruit cakeish. I love it. 
He loves it, but it's fruitcake-ish, so he hates it? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Here's a, a contrary opinion. Adam B. Yum. Not overly cinnamon. Nice pecan flavor. Smooth stout finish. <laughs> Def don't taste the 10%. Uh, ABV, easy drinking. So it's opposite. Everything it, was opposite. It goes to show, <laughs> like, I guess that's the consistency with the kegs. I mean, His is in a can because he's got a picture of a can. Uh, maybe he had it fresh. I don't know. I don't get that. I checked it's it weird. in January. It's weird. I don't know. But you but, said more cinnamon than pecan. He says more pecan than cinnamon. You said this, the 10% comes through. He says he doesn't even taste the 10%. <laughs> maybe he loves pecans and he can pick up on it more. Mm. I mean, pale can find mm-hmm. grapefruit and, and when it's not even it. there. So <laughs> Every beer has when it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and when it has grapefruit, he has no idea. And, and no, it, no yeah. clue. <laughs> I can't find it if it has if it says grapefruit in the name i'm not gonna taste it but i would like to hear your guys check-ins yeah I'll, I, okay i'm checked in i'll go first uh so i said not bad but struggling to pick up on the cinnamon in the can getting a decent amount of roasty burntness at the end i gave it a three and a half so you agree with that person when you said that you could barely taste the cinnamon but you taste i guess in your terms the overly roasted nutty part yeah i would i'm picking up that as well yeah so you, from what i can hear you're opposite of keith right now Ooh. Where, where, where does your ibus sit yeah. if you want to play Ooh. that game mm-hmm. you look that up pale you look it up. look it up you look you that up. up i'll give my narrative of uh my check-in oh my goodness i got so many badges hold on <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> All right, there's like four badges have on it, it. Have it checked in in a while, I see. Well, this is the to go please to go please level 13, verified adventure level 56, earn the four of the can level 48 and heavyweight 47, level 47. So I got quite a few in that. Um I said for this one, nice amount of cinnamon. <clears throat> But low on the pecan and sweetness, which is a bit disappointing. However, it is a great standalone stout that is still roasty and delicious. And I gave it a four. So it's still a solid beer. Um, I'm just a tad disappointed. So I just put it like in a base level stout, which is always my four range. So you start adding variance to it and I'll kick that puppy up um, a little bit more. But this had a variant. It's just not showing up for me. And it's a tad disappointing. Um, maybe if my, I wasn't as stuffy, it's like I could taste the other beer very clearly. I I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a bit off kilter, but I mean, it's still a solid beer, but when I see the untapped rankings and what you guys are saying, what other people are saying, I don't think it's me. Um, I think it is the beer. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, you, I, you hear cinnamon candied pecan stout. I just think I'm going to be like blown away by the flavor and it's like kind of falling short. It's mostly stout. Yeah, it's mostly stout with a little bit of pecan at the end. It's um, it's one of those things, and I'm sure you guys will agree with me, but with our limited Fort Wayne breweries that we have and Pale and I are constantly drinking the same beers from the same place, every stout is starting to taste the same. I can get what a typical stout will taste like, whatever their baseline is. And I can tell they go off of it. So the more I'm drinking it, I can pick that up. 
Like I can tell this is no different sometimes than a ghoul's gravy from Dot and Line. Right. Um, it's it's kind of like along the lines of the same variant or excuse me, the same recipe, but they add the different variants to it um, as it goes along. Same thing with Summit City. I love every single one of their stouts because I know that baseline um, and what they the add Mommy to Mommy River? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, they're using the same malts from the same farm every time, and all the same. Yeah, hot, like everything is the same. They're just adding a bonus ingredient yeah. or something. And, and two toms yeah. is the same way. Like with his tom series, it's like mm-hmm. you can only add so much. But I'm yeah, like, hey, it tastes like the other one. We'll switch up the hop, the new hop in this one. Yeah, yeah. I think going to the frozen firkin a couple weeks ago was really refreshing. Just reaching, branching out to stuff out of Fort Wayne. And just getting like that, like really unique beers yeah, that's, cool. that's just like only, you know, for a firkin barrel or whatever. Yeah. But uh, the IBUs I, is really low. So I've, I'm looking at five IBUs because of the fifth Ooh. element. Oh, nice. So I'm connect, connecting the Mila Djokovic. There you go. I like it here. Uh, so a little sidebar slash, you know, side side rails before we jump on the topic uh, i'm kind of interested if we take all the dot line beers that we've ever had and kind of sorted them by types how well their stouts would have done or how how well their stouts do i don't think that i've really ever been super impressed with their stouts other than the peppermint mocha stout that they had mm-hmm. yeah uh even their porter like the the ghoul's gravy not yeah. a fan I'm not a fan of that. I did like their uh, the one variant they had of that one that you guys provided Toasted us. Toasted marshmallow yep. or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, like they they don't strike me as a stout company. No, their their IPAs are really good. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. And and they're like crumbly whatever series. Yeah, like the, sa- uh, the sour the ones, sour like series. The, and yeah, they're, he's big on the seltzers right now. Dude's awesome. I, unfortunately, I can't remember his name. The head brewer. We Pale and I did see him. He was at um, the Firkin Fest at two times. So it was Fortlandia. A lot of the guys all came out. A lot of the yeah. same guys. You are. So it's kind of cool to see them all there. But um, you're right, Dustin. I agree. He he was new and he's experimenting. And when Pale and I talked to him a year or so ago, whenever that was, he was trying to hire someone to make staple beers so he could experiment more. Oh, nice. And try to branch out and try to find some of these other things. Right. So I'm not knocking him. He's new at it. He's getting his his footing and everything else. So he's trying and, you know, trial and error. And maybe our rankings will help. Um, yeah. And I'll, he can add a little bit more next time. Yeah, clearly not knocking him as a brewer. Like, Ooh. he's doing his thing. He, I just think Dot and Line as a whole got to figure out their awesome. stout business. Mm-hmm. But they're awesome. Yes, absolutely. They're awesome. They're different. Yeah. Yeah, they just got the image. They got the image. They got the location. They got it. I mean, yeah. Just hone in on that it's, beer, and it's awesome. It's literally the first of two choices for me when I go to Fort Wayne. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, clearly my my mother-in-law lives up in that area. So it's if I'm in town for that reason, am I going to Two Toms or am I going to Dotline? Line? Yeah. Yes and yes. Same. <laughs> Both. Thankfully, they're so, within. They're close enough. Yeah, Sometimes they're within what, like. Two or three miles of each other. That, I if not I do one, that. I usually yeah. do the other. Not even that, probably. Yeah, just for well. pickup at least, at the yeah. other place. Yeah, and then and then if we're trying to go a little extra crazy, it's always Summit City. But yep. 
Because they always have a different beer for you to try. Yeah. Absolutely. And one last All thing, right. one last yeah. thing about this beer, I will say, um, since it is a stout, we'll let this episode play out. I got about just under half. I'm gonna let this puppy warm up and see if that sweetness Ooh, yeah. will come out a little bit. Maybe. Perfect. I got just this. So. Oh, pale. Oh, yeah, yours. He's I'll let that. Yours his. might be warmed up already. That's about two <laughs> sips. <for me>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one big chug. Yep. I mean, that's about how much I have left too. Oh, we're about the same. I'm already onto my my rotator. <laughs> <laughs> I know I might have to run out. Uh, I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Drink and Geek Out. Get all sorts of cool, fancy updates and pictures. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff over on our website at drinkandgeekout.com. And you can email us any comments or suggestions at drinkandgeekout at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content, and that is patreon.com slash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. All right, Resident Evil, in case anybody is unaware of what it is, is a 2002 science fiction action horror film written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. The film stars Mila Djokovic, Michelle Rodriguez, Eric Mabius, James Purefoy, Martin Cruz, and Colin Salmon. It is the first installment in the Resident Evil film series, which is loosely based on the video game series of the same name. The film was Fucking initially titled for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the film was initially titled Resident Evil Ground Zero, but was retitled after the September eleventh attacks. Ooh, too soon. Uh, barring elements from the video games Resident Evil and Resident Evil 2, the film follows an amnesiac heroine Alice and a band of Umbrella Corporation commandos as they attempt to contain the outbreak of the T-virus at a secret underground facility. The film received negative reviews from critics and grossed $102 million worldwide against a production budget of $33 million. Shocker, a video game movie that did horribly. The it didn't film. do horribly. <laughs> it grossed 102. Well, reviewed, reviewed horribly. It reviewed yeah, yeah, horribly. Sorry, sorry. Let me back that up. They made money. <laughs> uh, the f- <laughs> Enough to make six sequels. This is yeah, true. Right? So the film was followed, as you just said, by five sequels, Apocalypse in 04, Extinction, Extinction in 07, Afterlife in 2010, Retribution in 2012, and the final chapter in 2016, plus a re- reboot titled Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City in 2021 and a Netflix series called Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, also released in 2021. I guess let's start by just talking about Resident Evil in general, like the games, I guess, first, yeah, sure. or in any experience with the movies. Uh, I've only ever played Resident Evil 4. I did the the Wii version that was like the remake or whatever the with the Wii remote controls. And I really liked that game, but that's the only experience I have with Resident Evil. And I only watched this movie today. So like I don't have a lot of Resident Evil under my belt. Yeah, I've seen all of them. It was kind of like one of those movies that... Uh, you, I watched, uh, because, uh, it was on, uh, you know, my stepfather was watching it and he, he was younger, uh, about 11 years older than me, which is kind of weird dynamic. I don't really want to get into, <laughs> uh, but, uh, like he, he would, he would pause and slow down 
certain scenes of oh, the movie. I, I can predict. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, like, of course, you're, you're watching this as, you know, a perception that this is a softcore <laughs> porn. I did pause it at one point because I was like, did I just see what I thought I saw? Because yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I thought I thought this was a PG-13 movie. That's all I thought, too. <laughs> I, yeah, I did the same thing when we talked about My Bloody Valentine. Yeah. I paused and, like, drug back the reel. I was like, did I just literally see upskirt of this chick swinging an axe or a broom or whatever she was, or the broom that she was swinging? But it's very similar to this, you know, when she falls off the table. You know, you yeah. Know, you yeah, see, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Darkness. I did play some of the Resident Evil games on the PlayStation 2, I think it was. I think so. I think it was Resident Evil 2, I think is what I played. I don't remember the name Alice, but I do remember I Claire. All of the. I think she's made up for the movie. Yeah, that's possible. The only. There's like two characters that were from the video game, and they're both villains. Yeah, it was like. It was like Chris, right? Uh, was the name of the guy in the actual? I only know Leon, and like Jill Valentine, I think is the f- girl from the first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Chris Redfield, uh, Leon Kennedy, Claire Redfield. So I know Claire and Chris, and then there's a Jill Valentine. Yeah. So Chris Redfield was. In Resident Evil in 1996, so the first game. Leon was in Resident Evil 2. Claire was in Resident Evil 2. And then Jill Valentine was in Resident Evil. So they're all over the place. I don't know like the, the timeline, so I can't be like... Yeah, I yeah, don't know. <laughs> Chris was in the first one. Claire was in the second one. Claire <laughs> was doing this. You know, the get back for you know whatever happened to her husband or whatever. Uh, but also didn't really get like a good idea of the characters and like you know like what cameos made the movies based on the games really mm-hmm. and didn't follow along that that closely. But I've seen them all. They're all fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've played the first three on the PlayStation, and the third one, Resident Evil Three Nemesis was a big one that my dad and I played. Um, and uh, so there's a lot of good, good memories there. But that I like the problem-solving part of it, right? Yeah, so, it was so great. The, the biggest part of the, the Resident Evil game franchise that I enjoyed the most, it wasn't killing the zombies. It was now that you're inside this place, you looked around to find clues and stuff. Oh you, yeah, that's you, cool. You check. It's this. like in, you're like in a haunted house type yeah. situation and an escape room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. it basically, was it wasn't just all about, uh, you know, kill this zombie and let's move on to this room. Kill these two zombies and keep moving on. It's like, yeah, it's like an escape room. There was like a lot of puzzles and stuff that you mm-hmm. had to figure out to like. I wasn't a game. fan of the camera angles in those first three games because yeah. it's like it's like situated up in a corner and you yeah. can't move it or anything so you're just like in this room and the yeah. cameras never follows your character yeah. and then once you go to a new mo- room it switches to a different angle in that room limits your that's why yeah. that's why i went to that's why i've only played four because it's like a first or third person shooter at that mm-hmm. point yeah that was the problem with those ones like in the playstation like they, they didn't the camera didn't move with a character it's like 
it was just there was like maybe one or two different angles and then but it's very similar it's very similar to a lot of the other games of that same genre for like the sega genesis Mm -hmm. or anything like that where you just had a camera view let's say you're going down a hallway and you're going down that hallway the aspect doesn't change you're just further away and you have to find a clue that's on the wall that's over here it probably adds to the creepiness factor, so maybe yeah. I should go back and try them. Yeah, because what if you turn the corner? You can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because like as soon as soon as you turn that corner, then the camera cuts behind you. There could be like mm-hmm. a, a walker or a zombie like yeah. right there. Like yeah, I say I had limited access to this. I swear I played this in a demo disc. I don't know if it was on GameCube. Or if it was PlayStation, because I was late to the PlayStation game, but I did buy a PS1, so the remastered tiny version, which I still have. Um, mm, yeah. And I think it was either on a demo disc or something, but I never played the full game. Um, but I know I think every version had a demo disc for every single console. So right. that'd be really tough. I think Resident Evil was like the only one that mm-hmm. I ever remember having a demo, a demo. disc for. You're right. And I know GameCube had the exclusive, and I know that one's highly sought after. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of those. Um, Resident Evil Zero, I don't know if we have any of that listed anywhere or not, but um, that the one on the GameCube, it was an only four, which they always had up in the corner of the GameCube disc. And everyone yeah. says that was the best one from what I've heard, the chatter on either Reddit or wherever it was, but... Some people say that that one is one of the better ones, the exclusive that they made for the GameCube. I think that was. I think four. you can't get it on the Switch now. Okay. Like, on the you can download all of the Resident Evils, including like one, two, three, zero, four, all the way up to whatever they're up to now, on the on the Switch that, store. That'd be nice to revisit those. I'll add that to my the same queue of playing all the Castlevanias that I haven't touched yet, and I brought up in October. <laughs> I'm waiting for them to go on sale. I keep they're on my wish list, and I keep checking to see if they're because every month they have new games on sale. Um, all right, let's talk about this movie a little bit. Uh, so uh, I want to go like a little beat by beat, I guess, just based on memory from watching it earlier today. It starts with someone messing with different vials. We don't actually know what they are at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seem to be stealing them from this laboratory then he throws one and it shatters Mm -hmm. and then all hell kind of breaks loose in this office building people are going about their jobs up above and below because i guess like the people in the sky high 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 rise it's underground it's the hive (laughs) yeah they're building it underground the the hive is below where the labs are but there's people also up like in the elevator you're right right. yeah like whatever like sales yeah they have no idea accountants you know People work for the umbrella who just handle the finances, if mm-hmm. you will. And then, so everything's going into lockdown. And then we kind of, that was the joke of our cold open, like <laughs> thing, the labs filling up with water, the people up in the office buildings are like trapped in the elevators and those are falling. And it, there's some gru- gruesome scenes here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I literally thought we were watching a Final Destination. <laughs> it is kind of like That's that. what I thought. Because <laughs> like, oh, what? Everybody's dead. We just introduced this character that got coffee and spilled on his dead. shirt. And first now he's dead. <laughs> and like, Final Nation. <laughs> so did they just starve to death in the elevator? Like, is that like, yeah, the one chick gets her head cut off, what right? Yeah, right, right else. Yeah. So the 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 elevator next to him just like falls and plummets to their death. The other one like stops and like 
I can fit through this quarter inch. That can't fit my head and my yeah. arm at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Let me squeeze out. And then it's like, no, it can't fit. Like, that's panic inducing for me. Like, Ugh. yeah, that I was like sweating at this moment. <laughs> But it, they didn't show anything about this elevator afterwards. So did everyone in that elevator starve I guess to death? Everyone died. I think everyone. Yeah, everyone did die. But they had to starve yeah. to death. Yeah, or but literally, I don't. They yeah, I don't understand because they said in the movie later, or if that drug five years them. ago, mm-hmm. or five oh, five that. hours ago, five hours ago, five hours ago. Okay. Yeah, five hours ago, this they went homicidal, and now we're here. So the people in the elevator should be still alive. They should. I'm assuming that drug that was released or whatever that virus right. killed them. Uh, if they yeah. opened the hatch and tried to escape, then it would have been in the elevator shaft because it went through the ventilation system. It went through the air so, conditioning yeah. unit. So I, I assume, I don't know, they don't really tell you what that virus right, is, but yeah. the T virus, Yeah, I assume that just like kills you after a couple hours <laughs> or something, just, just, just having it in your system. Yeah. Because Michelle Rodriguez kind of dies from it and just by getting bit on the hand. Even after receiving the vaccine. Yeah. So, hmm, vaccines don't work. <laughs> oh, you heard it here first. And there's the takeaway. <laughs> official. The yeah, this is this is how COVID was released. A laboratory <laughs> in Wuhan, China. Somebody tried to steal it and <laughs> it was in Raccoon City, actually. <laughs> then that then we cut to that mansion or whatever, and Mila Jojovich is lying in the shower, unconscious. Yeah. Which is uh, weird. Like, we're like, mm, we like to see you naked, Mila. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was gratuitous. That she didn't have to be there. The shower wasn't even on, so we can't even put together that she passed out while she was showering. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the water had been turned off right. by someone. I would I would understand, like, if she, like, woke up in bed like that. Like, uh, she had a good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's in the shower. Like, like the way it, Especially when they keep cutting to the sex scene, it's like she just woke up after that sex scene or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> she didn't have to be in the shower. The way Did it looked they, like she was maybe going to take a shower and then just <laughs> down. Yeah. Well, didn't something, they showed like the shower and like something under the faucet yeah, like opened they up. They do cut to the that, vent yeah. and eventually like that a, happened. But I think the, yeah. uh, whatever that little girl is spying through or whoever, whoever's on the other side of the security cameras, yeah. I didn't figure that part out. Uh, so like, the, the, the little girl was just an AI, like the AI yeah, representation yeah, yeah. of the programmer's daughter was that little girl. Okay. So the, the red queen, I think yeah. they referred to her or something. Yeah. So there isn't really anybody on the other side of the monitor. That's the AI that's doing it. And okay. so you have a representation of who she is based on just, you know, whatever dialogue. Uh, it's just a hologram projection. So every time it cuts to like, we're seeing security footage or we're, yeah. it's like looking up at the camera. It's just the computer mm-hmm. or the AIs. Yeah. On the other side of that. Okay. I was, I was watching this while I was working. So I, I missed certain things, things. I think yeah. like then they go into, I could, this is where I got lost at the beginning. Like why I couldn't figure out why they went back into that building uh-huh. where the virus was released. Like, what were they doing? Like, they were going in there to shut off the AI? Is that what they were going yeah, there for? Yeah, essentially, they were trying to figure out why the AI did what it did. But they also... But what did the, so, they don't know the virus was released. They zero they, clue. They zero okay. clue. And so, this was my, the first take that I had. They, they were basically calling the AI 
the problem, but the AI did exactly what the AI should yeah, it have sh- done. It locked everything right. down yeah. because the virus was released, so it was doing the right thing. It's the so whole thing she the, was trying to do, the whole movie. <laughs> so the bad guys are the military that went in there yeah. uh-huh. to shut down the AI. And the AI, they're like, don't listen to that. Everything that girl says is lies or something when they go to turn her off. I, so one of the characters say. Yeah, as a, a cha- chaplain. I didn't catch any of their names. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I tried. I, I was I was working <laughs> as well, and I tried. He's the uh, the nerdy guy that finally got the, everything turned off by the time everyone died. Type of guy. Yeah, yeah his name was Chaplin. Yeah, Cap Kaplan is what. Oh, Kaplan. 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 Wikipedia says Matt. Matt was the only one I got. Matt was and the Alice. Guy. <laughs> and Alice. They don't even say in the movie. That was only in the credits where I caught that. Yeah, they don't <laughs> yeah I don't think her, she, name, her name was ever said in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the the thing that bothered me, like at the beginning in the. Um, the palace or whatever, the mansion where they came to get them, they all had like gas masks on. But then when mm. they went into the facility where the gas was off. released, <laughs> nobody had masks on. So in a post pandemic world, like what the fuck? <laughs> like, you're going into the heart of it. Why are there gas masks when you're outside of it? But when we go in, we take them off. So uh, that bothered me. I just don't understand like why they ran up on her like that. Yeah. Yeah, they like pinned her to a wall, and they're like, "What did what happened here?" And she's like, "I don't know anything. Yeah, yeah, I can't I'm remember." Naked anything. and laying in the shower. <laughs> Good night. I see. Okay, let's uh, wrap this up. Let's go. <laughs> and they apparently believe her, but they don't believe the other guy for whatever reason. The Matt guy. They put him in handcuffs, but nobody else. Oh, the the cop. Yeah. Yeah. So then they go through this building. They're going down. They get in there and they say that the virus has dissipated or something. It's been enough time. Yeah. Right. So so they that's why Probably they don't have masks. But they don't have masks. have masks on. They don't have masks on when that is said. <laughs> They've already taken the yeah. masks off at that point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then there's uh, maybe my favorite part of the movie is that laser scene where they're yeah. like in yes. that hallway and the lasers are cutting cool. people in half. <laughs> That was cool. <laughs> so it's really disappointing then, that I don't think this movie was rated R because they kind of it wasn't, and which was really disappointing because HBO where I watched it said it was rated R. Oh, really? Because they cut yeah. away from a lot of like they said it scenes. was. It was originally rated NC seventeen for nudity and violence, and they had to like rein it back wow. in. That's why the uh, the plastic sheet. She pro- wore that's probably why it's only an yeah. hour forty minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I get tri- she she does walk around like this. Yeah, yeah. I get trivia later, and we we'll get more into that, or I can just tell you the point. Uh, I'll get to it later, because uh, I don't have to search for it. Then uh, that guy, the black guy, is from Arrow. Arrow. Yeah, he looked from <laughs> and he's like dodging all the lasers, and then like they turn into like that X, like, yeah, diamond shape, and it's like. like it ends right when it gets through him. Like, all he had to do was step back one <laughs> Wait, step, yeah, and he would have survived. Yeah. Because <laughs> he had, there's plenty of room behind him. Why did he just kept walking back? Like, you're going to die anyway, so just yeah. keep going mm-hmm. for the, the off chance to get the laser turned off? I would have kept going. Like, Yeah. That's unfortunate, because he was a cool guy. I like that actor. Uh, then they go deeper, and then that's when they start in your, in your... Well, they turn off the computer, Yeah, and then the zombies are released. And she's like, if you do this, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. I literally was sitting there thinking as I was working, I was like, 
you don't want to open you you don't want to shut this off like yeah you don't want to like you're the problem and then it turned out that they were the problem yeah, <laughs> yeah so i couldn't figure out who's the good guys here and who's the bad guys well two people AI, don't remember the ai <laughs> is the good people <laughs> because the two people that don't remember end up being the bad guys and near the end yeah they yeah they one was literally the reason everything happened the other one was kind of uh, pushing that forward yeah trying to manipulate it from behind the scenes yeah mm-hmm. but then i was like i don't know what michelle rodriguez and the rest of these douchebags know mm-hmm. like how much information do they have about what's going on here right we never figure that out it, i guess that's unimportant to the plot it's just they're just there to be murdered yeah bodies yeah so basically from here on out it's a race to escape like right. They keep going from room to room, aka level to level. I I've just viewed this as a video yep. game at this point, not knowing the video game is like, okay, here's here's the next, right. here's all the guys you have to kill to get to the next room, and then you have to find a way out of that room, and then you do the bo- like the mini boss, and then you have to get to the the big boss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they, so they're. They, f- they find this, the one zombie lady. She bites Michelle Rodriguez in the hand. She And then then all the other zombies start piling up. and It's it's a hell, hell breaks loose type <laughs> of situation there. Mm-hmm. I There's one scene that uh, later on when you, when you get through everything and definitely skipping over the Kaplan scene, which is very important. But uh, near the end of the movie where the... Uh, AI just tells him, you have to kill this person. You have to kill Michelle Rodriguez? And he's, she's like, I can't do it. And, you know, yeah, they, they fried the computer and, they, you know, whatever. Like, that's like a moral question. Yeah, that was tough. I was like, what's yeah. going to happen here? <laughs> yeah. They have to kill her anyways. She's she's going to die. Yeah. Or turn. The computer yeah, so. revealed that earlier and said, if you've been slashed or nicked or whatever... Yeah, they all knew that. It's like, no, we'll save you. Like, but the, but she, they know there's a cure now. So right. it's like, well, there maybe there's a chance. Well, well, now, but back then they didn't. Yeah. So they why didn't did know. why didn't they but turn to the, her yeah. and like, yeah, you were bit five minutes into this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always that's like one of the movie tropes that I don't fucking understand. Every zombie movie has. Yeah, this. yeah. It doesn't even matter if it's like a zombie movie. It's like you have one character that gets. Uh, bitten, stabbed, you know, marked of some sort. You know they're going to turn on you yeah. at some point, and you're just waiting for it to happen. <laughs> Literally just watched District 9 the other day, and mm. he gets that ink stuff sprayed in his face uh, from the little alien little mm-hmm. canister, and he starts turning into an alien. He doesn't know he's turning into an alien, but he's getting violently sick. He... He has a hand problem. He's got all these things going on with him. And they're always trying to hide it for some reason. Yeah, like, why wouldn't you just go somewhere? <laughs> why would you try to affect everybody? Like, as soon as Allison saw this, she's like, oh, he, he's going to kill everyone. He's going to get everyone sick. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like some kind of, like, mass spread of some disease, a.k.a. Resident Evil style. Yeah. I was like, well, it's like a, like a common trope that I don't understand. Like, what's the problem with saying... I got sprayed in the face by this inky bullshit. Now I'm, <laughs> my, I'm bleeding everywhere. I'm throwing up this black vomit. Like, put me out of my misery or fear. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, 
look at the world we just came from in the past two years. Right. They won't even you won't even put on it's a just mask. Just a cold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still gonna go to work even though yeah. I have all the symptoms. Uh, that leads me to a question. There's the scene where they're climbing on the pipes and the one guy <laughs> like kind of falls down and then he has one bullet left. Yeah. Do you shoot yourself with that bullet or do you? I, well, he somehow miraculously escaped, so apparently right. there was another way out. But if you're just stuck there on that pipe, do you kill yourself? Because I, I was like, do it. I yeah. think so. I mean, I don't want to get eaten <laughs> if that don't, you know what happens. Yeah, you're either going to get eaten by these. I feel like that's super painful, or you're going to just. I would have seen it in the way I took that scene as. I'll distract as many of them as I can so the rest of you can get away. Yeah. So I'll survive as long as I can to try to, you know, so they can escape. And that heroic aspect of it is kind of the vibe I got. Yeah. But, kind of the, the Jack Sparrow. This bullet wasn't meant for you. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to make you work for your food. Like, <laughs> it's so, like, queued up to... I feel like he could have knocked that guy off of him and then kept his bullet and used it on himself. <laughs> yeah. I don't, Later, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's definitely helpful that he, you know, murdered the that, Yeah, because then he does end up saving them. Yeah, but does he, though? Like, I don't, like, I'm under the impression that the machine is the good person. Like, the AI well, is he, the good entity here. They would have died in that room because that monster would have broken in yeah. if he didn't turn off the computer. Right. But she right. didn't want the computer... Or the computer didn't want any of them getting out because yeah. she's under the safety protocols. Because I feel like know. once he did that, that's what leads to the final scene of the movie where she's outside and it's destroyed. Yeah. Once you turn off that of computer, everything is out of the building and that's how Raccoon City falls. Otherwise, it's contained. Yeah, that's true. Mm. It would have ended there and there'd be no sequels. <laughs> World was saved. But no money would have been made. That's true. <laughs> Ah. No video game franchises would have been started. Or what makes the world things. go round? All right, so I guess moving forward to that scene, they they find out that she, she has like a, a cut scene in her mind. <laughs> I was like, oh, here's a cut scene from the video game where she like has a memory of like, oh, red, blue is the virus, red is or green is the cure, or something like that. Then they go in that room, and then they find that's when they. The other guy re- finally remembers that he's the bad guy, <laughs> yeah, and turns on everybody and locks him in that room, and then gets immediately destroyed by that whatever that thing was called. Yeah, I don't know. It makes me wonder if he remembered a lot of the time, not just that little bit, and just kind of like played it off because he was like, "I, oh, was I don't so know, close." Was- it seemed like he was having his memories because he's just sitting there with like a, a slack jaw face. Which is the way she looked every time she went into her like her memory flashbacks. So it's like now it's all coming back to me. Yeah. And then he, they both rush for the gun at the same time because she's like, "Oh, I know that face. I make that face when I remember things." <laughs> yeah. And then they that he they fight over the gun. Um, it kills. Yeah. They that I don't nemesis. Well, I don't know whatever that guy's monster's name is. The final boss. Yeah. The the humanoid with the long tongue, licky tongue. Yeah, <laughs> tongue dude, and then that somehow immediately after killing that guy finds out where they're hidden or where they're locked in and like breaks through the glass. Yeah. Like you smell, and that's that's where the Michelle Rodriguez 
uh, kill me scene and it happens and then they get released by that other dude um somehow they get on a train what's well, the train they got there on i don't really know how they got to that train yeah. they kind of just skipped i that. think the train is it goes from the mansion to that Bunker they're somehow connected yeah. that because they end up back at the mansion at the end once they get off the train uh, and then there's this cool action scene on the train where the monster is ripping people out, cutting like ripping the doors off and coming in, and then the tongue coming uh, out and she, she yeah it. she figures out like <laughs> stabs it into the floor and it burns on the. They give Michelle Rodriguez the cure, and she ends up turning into a zombie anyway. So now there's like two things to fight. I like when she gets shot in the forehead and yeah. it hits the button to open the that, that dude doors. Did not hesitate at all. Be like, fucking yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to tell me to do this. You should have given me the axe. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that would have ended the whole thing a lot sooner. Yeah. Uh, and then, I don't know, somehow opening that door catches the beast on fire and there's like fire coming up through the floor now. And I assume that thing's dead, but it's scratched Matt. And yeah, I'm he sure. starts to turn once they get back to the house and then Something they get crawls out of his scratch marks. Yeah. That's growing inside of him. All of those guys in their little hazmat suits come in and take them to a new facility to do experiments on them or something. Well, yeah. honestly, if it was a, a high government agency and this sounded like nobody's supposed to know this thing existed, they would not try to save these people. You would be fucking dead. They'd put a bullet in your brain as you come out and be like, burn it, yeah, nuke it, it's done. This never existed. <laughs> well, what it sounded like, they want to use these because uh, in the military or whatever. Right. They, they want to turn... Her and him into a weapon. Into a weapon, yeah. And if she is has been turned, she's going to be at a weapon. So that's why she's like being tested right. in that lab. And but the other but she guy escapes from that. I mean, there's like he's been infected. I mean, they say it or whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, and why like, save him? <laughs> well, they're like put him in the Nemesis Project or something yeah. like that. Which he also was evolving. It seemed it wasn't yeah. like oh yeah, it wasn't like he was just turning. He also had some kind of like deformity that he was evolving into the new something beast whatever yeah. stabbed him mm-hmm. yeah that's how it apparently he comes back at some point in the franchise as and the he's, next he's, bad guy he's from he he's one of the guys that are from the game like he's a he's yeah definitely a from the villain game. from the video game gotcha. he's from the third like the third video game yeah th- and ne- nemesis the yeah playstation it's like he's been in every game because i remember him he probably, uh, but in the games, he doesn't have a backstory. In this movie, is eventually, eventually er, essentially setting up his backstory. Gotcha. Um, and then, uh, yeah, she escapes from that, and then she goes outside and grabs a shotgun. Yeah, notices that Raccoon City's fucking destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> the dead rise or walk or something like that on the newspaper. Yeah. I think there's a pitiful, pivotal moment when she chops her boyfriend slash husband slash working partner with the axe where she kind of turns from meek to badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, that's why, like, uh, 
the movie's fine. I didn't have really a problem. It's kind of just a dumb action-y movie. But I'm, I kind of want to watch the next one just to see her be, like, fulfill her, what the promise where she's, like, kind of a badass. And kind of yeah. see where her character goes. Yeah. It sparked enough it, in me. I may watch the next one. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, what, five or six of them? They kind of lead into yeah. more of, like, a like a shoot 'em up movie mm-hmm. later. It's not enjoyable. It's not, it, is this the best one probably? Uh maybe like the first couple. But by maybe, by the time it's almost like every horror film you yeah, get like three, you know 4 or 5 and 6 are just like the same monotonous BS unless they go somewhere absurd and for mm-hmm. this type of movie it's just uh, kind of how the Matrix kind of fought back against more guns, more action. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's, it's just it exactly did. Yeah, that's what they did. More guns, more shooting. You know, I want to continue because like, like the this one kind of was like a mystery. Kind of left you mm-hmm. wanting to know, know more about um, the Umbrella Corporation, the Hive, the, what's going on with Raccoon City. Um. But I'm I'm really surprised that it was like six of these movies. Yeah, I know. And they crazy. just rebooted it. <laughs> Dude, I guess the, 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 the new one's not is as closer good. to the video games. Yeah, it yeah. follows the games more. But I heard it like the reviews have, were somehow worse. <laughs> Maybe, I guess because like I don't know, it basically is the cutscenes from the video game. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we'll watch. We could do the second one in a future episode sure. and talk about it. Um, the game connections. Somebody want to read these since I feel like I've been talking for a half hour. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. All right. Various elements are borrowed from numerous video games, including resident evil two and three, where Alice's character awakens in a raccoon city hospital with a viral outbreak occurring in the city. There are several references to characters and organizations such as the Umbrella Corporation, the Nemesis Program, the underground train bearing the moniker Alexi 5000, a reference to Code Veronica's villain Alexa Ashford. The train is from Resident Evil 2, but in the game it reads Galaxy 5000 instead of Alexi 5000. A police cruiser, which is in every fucking game. Cool. Yeah. Uh, from which Alice takes a shotgun, has a stars logo on the hood. Jason Isaacs appears in the film as an uncredited masked unnamed doctor, which is a, a reference to William Birkin, the character of Dr. Isaacs played by Ian Glenn in the film's sequels is based on him. While returning to the Red Queen's chamber, Kaplan points out that the four bodies in the group's dead crew from the glass hallway trap sequences are gone. This is a reference to the game where the bodies of enemies disappear. When the survivors make their escape from the hive with the countdown as they fight the, the final boss, this is a reference to the Resident Evil game which ends with a five-minute countdown during which the boss must be defeated. Anderson has stated that the film's camera angles and several shots allude to the game video game's camera angles, such as the fight between Alice and the security guard. Which is a fun scene, right? The security mm-hmm. guard plus like the ten dogs. Yeah, the dog scene cool. was really cool. I guess the dogs were a problem on the set because they kept licking that 
makeup shit off of themselves yeah. and off of the other zombies. This is what? back before CGI was that great. Makeup on do- like real dogs. Yeah. Yeah, they they had to. Like there wasn't yeah. CGI wasn't really You a saw thing. the CGI monster and it was fucking trash. It was terrible. Like, it was, oh my was, god. Yeah. It definitely like the character straight from the video game. <laughs> it was like the lowest budget. It so the so dogs bad. The dogs looked really good, minus the ears. The ears were definitely CGI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or prosthetic. Like, you, you, clearly they wanted, like, some kind of decaying aspect for the dogs. But the ears were awful, but the rest of the dog was pretty dope. Uh, this reminded me. What was the countdown for? They kept cutting to the countdown, did, but nothing happened. When the the, the countdown was for the, the ceiling of the doors. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. They did yeah, say, yeah, they did yeah, say yeah, yeah. and it okay. didn't happen because they blew the circuit. Yes, okay. Right. All right, here I've got a few pieces of trivia that were kind of fun that I got from IMDb and other sources. Uh, we'll just kind of go through these round robin style. I will start. The main actors were told to prepare for the film by getting copies of the game and playing them through. Some of them didn't know if they could complete them in time, so they had to get video copies of other people beating the games in order to watch them. Uh, this is obviously before like Twitch and YouTube. I was going to say, it sounds and, like YouTube, but yeah. Interesting. Uh, also, because the games tied in so tightly to the movie, they had to they had to play the game. Like <laughs> Barely anything from the games is in this, from what I could tell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be just like, you know, if you're in the Lord of the Rings, you kind of had to read the books, yeah. but your script is a little bit different than what happened in the movie, right? Or what happened in the books. At least the characters from the book were in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, not all of them. <laughs> R.I.P. Tom Bombadil. Oh, Poor Tom. In successful opening weekend sparked a frenzy among U.S. studios eager to capitalize on the interest in video games. Titles like Doom in 93, Silent Hill in 99, and Max Payne in 2001 were all snapped up. I did like the Max Payne movie. With Marky Mark? With Marky Mark, yeah. I've only seen the, the rock about that one. Doom, but I've never seen Silent Hill or Max Payne. Mm. Yeah. Silent Hill was good. It was weird. It was creepy. Yeah, yeah creepy, I heard it, creepy, it was... Because yeah. cause it's a like lunch. a Chernobyl-y style area, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I was too young to like really know like what was going on. George A. Romero, director of Night of the Living Dead from 1968, was originally attached to write and direct, but left the project in 1999 due to creative differences over the script. <laughs> Shocker. George A. <laughs> Romero's unproduced script features the game characters Jill Valentine as the female lead. Hmm. Somebody trying to stay true to the video game. Yeah. For, so I read more about that. Apparently, hit like early scripts were much closer to the video games. Um, and it makes sense for George Romero being like the creator of zombies in film, like not living all the yeah. living dead f- franchise. <laughs> it seems like a, a missed opportunity. Yeah, for sure. This movie was the second movie based on a video game directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. The first one was mortal Kombat in 1995. Which he, or Safi mentioned that I mentioned earlier. that earlier. Um, originally set to star Sarah Michelle Geller as Alice, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was also offered the role. 
Jennifer Love Hewitt, Kirsten Dunst, and Natasha Hentridge were some of the actresses considered to play Jill Valentine for the George Romero script. Um, when different scripts were being developed for this film, it it's been said that the big problem a lot of them had was due to the level of violence and the amount of nudity. Yeah, which makes sense. A mm-hmm. lot of actresses don't want to do that kind of thing. Uh, David Boreanaz was originally going to play Matt Addison, but turned it down uh, because he was working on Angel in 99. It would have been interesting to see Al- Buffy and Angel uh, <laughs> as Alice <laughs> and like so the two main good. characters. I thought uh, that was a typo. Like after kind of after you mentioned Sarah Michelle Gellar, I was like, what? Wait? <laughs> yeah. I don't think they would have put both of them in the film. Yeah, that'd be if, really weird. They would have done, I think that would have been too close to the, that, like too tied to the other universe. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting one. Capcom feared that a faithful adaptation would actually discourage people from buying the games if they could just watch the movie. So the ultimate decision was made to make an original story that contained a handful of references to the games. And this is why you fail, Hollywood. This is why you fail. I think that was the creative differences they had with George Romero's script because he was trying to yep. put characters from the video game and make like a story that fit with the video game. I, it's it's a tough call because I think like I would want something that's recognizable. Mm-hmm. More so than original story, like you would want the gamers to like really be happy and about the movie. Yeah, they're more worried about the people that haven't played. That, the they're video worried game. about yeah. like the overall like that haven't played it, and there yeah. I, I would have been more focused on the the gamers that know the game that made the franchise popular to begin with. Exactly. exactly. And now I think it's backfired a bit because a lot of these new games that come out. I don't want to fucking play them. I go on YouTube and watch the cutscenes. Just the cutscenes. And just watch <laughs> yes. the story. I'm like, that's all I want is a movie yeah, like, so pulled out of the and... video game. But it's like you have your diehards. Like with me, Assassin's Creed, like I saw that movie. It was trash. But yeah. I'm like, I, I'm going to go see it. I'm not going to be like, like, I think, Saf, you watched the movie first with before you played the, some yeah, of the before video games, the game. and it's like, oh, that might not be the best option. There but was some. Uh, there were some good something. parts to it, though. There yeah, were some good parts horrible. to it, but it's like it's not going to discourage. It's like Saf's yeah. still yeah. going to go play the Assassin's Creed games. It's not be like, well, I saw the fucking movie. I'm not going to exactly. play Exactly. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Like, wait, no. <laughs> I guess they're like... Uh, Capcom's thinking, we're going to... The people that played the video game are going to see, see the movie regardless yeah. So we want to get people to watch the movie and then go play the game, but we don't. So we don't want to show them the game, <laughs> right? We don't want to. Yeah, we don't want to spoil the game. Yeah, exactly. Like I understand the reference. I've already watched it. Why do I need to buy the game? Yeah, but there's a way to do it where you don't spoil the game, but also has ties in a lot more clearly to the game. Right. Very interesting. I don't think any of us hated it. Right, we're we're all interested in watching. I mean, Dustin, you've already seen yeah, them all, but I, we're all interested in watching yeah, more. I kind of want to see what the world is like now. It's like, all yeah. right, I want to see her go shoot some shit up. So, I can see why it was a successful start to a franchise because it it was interesting. It left things open. Uh, apparently, uh, I guess I didn't put this in the trivia, but that in scene where she wakes up on the table, she was supposed to be completely nude. And she was supposed to walk outside completely nude. 
and not have a gun and just she's in utter peril now she has nothing and you can hear like the monsters in the distance and she was like uh, I don't want to do this nude <laughs> like <laughs> let's change this so they put a piece of uh, toilet paper around her basically <laughs> which was so dumb just put a fucking robe on her put it just a hot yeah a hospital robe yeah. on her. a gown you'll show sure her ass, ass cheeks, if you want like... when she turns around but <laughs> uh, and I guess when she fell off that table and showed her pubic hair that was an accident but they left it in the film anyway yeah they did <laughs> yeah <laughs> but at least she got some of the nudity taken down you can see some side boobs some some vag action but it's so brief and, and as opposed to what they originally had right, which right. was like i think in one of the scripts jill valentine is in the shower this is an early script where jill valentine's still in the movie and she actually gets her like chased by one of the monsters and like attempted raped by one of the monsters. Wow. Yeah. So th- they really toned that down to where she's just now waking up passed out in the shower as a completely different character. But that's why that, sh- that shower scene's still there it's because still, it was in the original uh, script. Uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I read through like, I don't know, six, seven pages worth of trivia and d- pulled out the best five pieces or so. Jeez. So it seems like this movie would have been like over two hours if mm. they kept it. Yeah, definitely. A lot of the original um, scenes in it, but mm-hmm. I guess there's a lot of budget cuts too. So and like I'm guessing that CGI, shitty as it was, took up a lot of their budget because <laughs> oh. just because of the time. So bad. All right, so I think eventually we'll get to Resident Evil. Afterlife or Extinction, whatever the next one is really in the franchise. Remember, yeah. <laughs> Apocalypse. They all have such similar names. Right. Apocalypse, Apocalypse is, next. is next. And then Extinction. And then, Extinction. And then Afterlife. Right. And then Afterlife. And then Retribution. Oh and then God. the final chapter. S- synonyms. And then we'll have to start all over again oh, yeah. with the newest. Welcome, Welcome to Raccoon, Raccoon City. City. Which I think I would have watched that one. I still haven't yet. To, I need to. I, yeah, it just came out. I don't think it's yeah. on. It's not streaming yet, but you could probably find it in your Plex server. It's on the Plex. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Plex City. Yeah. I th- sure. well, wherever, yeah. What's the Plex? I don't know. That's <laughs> a uh, local sports complex here in Fort Wayne. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> in, in oh, Fort Wayne. I don't know why you guys keep bringing that up. I'm like, we're not a sports <laughs> podcast. <laughs> exactly. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of Drink and Geek Out. Until next time, drink, drink up, up and eat out. And eat out. Oh, zombies. <laughs> what? Zombies? I thought you were talking about what? that vag we saw. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping that. <laughs>